welcome to this Harmony and Health podcast on long COVID. My name is Julia Outlaw and I'm a member of the Harmony and Health team. This team looks at the concept of harmony and brings together ancient wisdom and modern disciplines to promote health and well-being. I am an Alexander Technique teacher and I've also been suffering from long COVID since February 2020. And myself and the team are very keen to explore holistic approaches to helping long COVID sufferers. Um, And many have helped me this past year on the path to recovery. This podcast started as a team meeting, uh, but it was so interesting that we wanted to share it. So you will in a moment hear um, my voice and also four other women uh, who are all doctors Dr. Eleni Tsompanu, who's a palliative care consultant and an eye verdict practitioner. Dr. Hannah Poikinen, who's a neuroscientist and dancer working with um, brain-related injuries and chronic conditions. Dr. Sumi Chatterjee, who's a GP specialising in musculoskeletal medicine and also integrative medicine. She's a yoga teacher as well. And Dr. Ava Bojna Holritz who is a dance movement therapist and specialising research in helping fibromyalgia patients um, and ME and now working with long COVID patients. And this was the first time that we'd met Ava. Um, So an incredibly interesting discussion um, happened and we approached this from many different angles and I think there's some insights in here for everyone. So enjoy. We are the Harmony in Health team, um, Eva. Harmony in Health is a group that started from the College of Medicine, which is a charity in, um, in England. And we are looking at um, health through the prism of harmony. Harmony being um, a concept, really, which we are exploring, all of us, trying to see what it means in relation to health. It all started from a book that Prince Charles wrote 10 years ago, Harmony, A New Way of Looking at Our World, in which um, he looks at how all aspects of our life, agriculture, education, architecture, everything, uh, how it can be seen differently through nature and uh, through the laws that are in nature that help to maintain the natural environment in harmony and balance and uh, how we interact uh, as human beings, as societies with that. So in uh, Harmony in Health, uh, for more than a year ago, John Hunter, myself and Julia started meeting and um, putting a schedule forward on how how we could bring more professionals in who could look at how mind, body and spirit is connected and how health is created through our everyday living activities and how health is connected when we are more embodied, uh, how our inner environment and outer environment connect. Uh, So we've been doing uh, workshops, we're meeting regularly and we're looking at different aspects and uh, trying to figure it all out really, what is harmony. I'm a a medical doctor myself who works in in a hospice part of the time. Julia can say a bit more because she's involved from the beginning. I think you summarised it really well. We're kind of growing the team and lots of different specialisms really but everyone who's interested in this idea of harmony and um, it's proving so rich so some of the workshops you know natural breathing or natural movement medical qigong being in harmony with the seasons food ayurveda so many different things i mean i'm an alexander technique teacher um so a mind body discipline and find that amazingly helpful and just like hearing everyone else's kind of expertise on this topic of harmony and seeing everyone together but we really wanted to do something on um, long covid and i'm suffering still a bit from that which i think i got in march so we can talk about that that later yeah i can i can keep it short because we are i know you all so i'm, I'm the link between 
between us. So thank you for everyone for finding time to join. And uh, yeah, I'm fascinated because I noticed that we both, in both groups with Eva and on the other hand in the Harmony and Health, we were talking about this long COVID and um, kind of, yeah, well, my background is in movement, especially creative movement and neuroscience. And uh, I somehow felt that they're talking about the same topic and we have this huge expertise which we could bring together. So that's why I thought it was important for us us to get together and talk because I really think and also like recovering myself from the chronic fatigue syndrome, I really learned that it's it's as it's it's so versatile and it's so kind of holistic problem that if you just take one aspect into it, it's not enough. So I feel that now we we would have nicely expertise in different fields and we could bring all that together and create kind of a holistic program for, for the recovery. So that that's why I wanted to invite you all here. Uh, yeah, hi there, everyone. Uh, hi there, Eva. Um, my name's Sumi. I'm actually been very uh, kindly asked by Eleni to join uh, the group about oh a few few months ago now. Um, I'm actually a GP, um, so I'm like a family doctor working up in Yorkshire, uh, and my interest is sports and exercise medicine, rheumatology, um, and also I'm an integrative medicine doctor as well. Um, but I think not being in harmony is what's set me on this journey of curiosity. Um, uh, I was not in harmony and I and I became very ill with breast cancer uh, seven and a half years ago. But I think that was the best thing that happened because it allowed me then to find this path and this sort of almost internal longing to discover our own biological rhythm and clock and understand nature better. And the more I go into this the more uh just amazed I am and and I think it's such an exciting journey and as as all the guys say it's so beautiful to have people from different walks of life from different experiences and knowledge just fusing this melting pot of uh just wisdom it, it just is is phenomenal you know and I've just been to the morning um workshop they had on winter traditions which was just one of the most beautiful uh, workshops I've ever been on so different to what I'm so used to so it was just really eye-opening so uh welcome Eve and lovely to see everyone again thank you Sumi it's it's truly wonderful to hear your uh, different themes here. And they are not so different from mine, actually, even though we are working in different places. And uh, I, I uh, try to tune in now what to share on this uh, short time here. But I would like to share the following. I think I have been working with fibromyalgia patients a lot and uh, with chronic fatigue and with chronic pain. Uh, in, in in my clinic and uh, I was educated as a physiotherapist in the 80s and I presented my thesis on exactly fibromyalgia and how to heal chronic pain syndromes and there I started to present a model on the five different conscious levels so I have been trying to find different healing uh, methodologies when, when it comes to the body and of course also the emotions and also uh, the visual conscious level. So I, I have decided to choose five uh, in my work because otherwise I can't really handle the different methodologies. But it's, it's about the motor, the visual, the cognitive, the emotional and also the inner life, the inner image. I would love to share my thesis with you because I th this is also targeting long COVID now. And in Sweden, we have 30,000 individuals with long-term COVID, which means that we are uh, have no room for them right now in our hospital systems because we won't need to work with the acute syndromes, but we need uh, rehabilitation. So, so I have developed a 10-step program and this program was developed for chronic fatigue and for fibromyalgia patients. And we have now started to try to implement it in different healthcare systems. So I'm sitting here uh, at the Royal College of Music doing these things. And then we wonder why, why I am uh, discussing this with, yes, it, because it comes to tuning in. How can we use music in end-of-life situations? How can we use music in the intensive care units right now in Sweden? And we have some difficulties to communicate now with the staff to use those things because of the because of the virus, of course. But we can do so many things that doesn't need to disturb 
the direction of our uh, rehabilitation. So the research I'm doing, it's I'm focusing on embodied knowledge theories, multimodality theories, and emotional brain theories. And it comes when it comes to the emotional brain, I have dig quite deep into the alexithymia spectra when we have difficulties to uh, explain and to evaluate others' emotions and our own emotions, when we have problems communicating emotions and how can we use music, dance, theater, for example. So my research projects that target on emotional regulation, embodied knowledge, how to bring nature at retreats for uh, burnout patients, retreats for burnout researchers. This is the last publication, actually. So, yes, yeah, so you, you, you can hear there is a red thread here when I speak about this. So I would like to share, if I can, share something with you. I would love to do that. So thank you, Hannah, for inviting me to this. And yeah, so also for the others, I, I think I mentioned that I sent the previous conversation we had, I sent the recording to Eva, so she knows what we've been talking about, so she kind of knows where we are at. So what you others don't know, when, for example, when we spoke with Eva, she shortly presented the 10-step program, which I thought was fascinating. Do you have the book? And the, I thought the images, like the body, yeah, because that, 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 that yes. was really powerful. Yes. So maybe... Yeah, I can I can give you a short shorty yeah. on 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 this. The book it, it was published and uh, it's how to be your own culture, health, art. Well, your how to explain it in in English, how to say it because the book is in Swedish. But to be your own um, culture and health artist. Uh, and the 10-step program, uh, before we present this for patients, we let the patients do their uh, an, a self-image, a drawing, a self-figure drawing. And we have also evaluated uh, the self-figure drawing. There are uh, a lot of research reports on this. That means that you get a couple of minutes to draw a figure on how you perceive your body right now. And then after... Uh, the 10-step programs, first step, you do another drawing. So the book is about to present, for example, you see the first drawing. It, the, the first to the left is the first one, and then the second one is uh, the, the post picture, so to say. So uh, I will give you an idea how, how those images are presented here in the book and the images are also presented in relation to the different steps. So this is the first one, the brown image there, and then you have the second one and the patients themselves verbalize uh, how they look upon their... So here you have the first image and here you have after this step the second image and it it has been difficult for a lot of patients to verbalize how they feel so we have used these those self-figure drawings to be able to better well verbalize uh, what what's in the picture instead so uh, and for the patients we also when we presented the 10 the 10 step program we also did a blood analysis and measured different stress hormones so, such as cortisol level and dheas npy hormones try to figure out what was going on in the hpa axis but for the patient those numbers didn't mean so much but the meaning by seeing also the differences in the cell figure image was much more important for the patients and I when I started to work with this this was during the 90s I said to myself I will never uh, drop the the visual part of um, evaluation because words are constructions we have difficulties to explain how we feel after long COVID. I will also say that my husband has been very ill with long-term uh, COVID for eight months now so we have been struggling, a lot of challenges with him. Uh, but as I said, there are 30,000 individuals in Sweden with this. 
Nevertheless, these selfie uh, drawings, I have also published scientific research reports on this. I can also send and share it to you if you are interested to, to understand and work with it in your different contexts. But um, we had a we had a purpose with this meeting also, Hannah, today to to also maybe do something together. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. So basically, what I was thinking um, to bring because Sumi and Eleni have been working a lot like with this Ayurvedic approach and the and the nutrition side. So I saw that beautifully, like these. To being the, the body and the emotions and this kind of like internal understanding that and bringing it together with nutrition. So I, I think we have like these two very strong expertise. And, and I, I think it would be really nice to think like could be somehow really in a concrete way bring together this 10 step program and so that there would be this like kind of nutrition guide, guiding going at the same time. So both of these would happen at the same time. So could we really create, of course, not in this meeting, but like relatively quickly, could we create some kind of like concrete program to help these long COVID patients? Yes, and Julia has actually had the experience of going through Ayurvedic diet and nutrition and uh, spices and being helped by it. <clears throat> the the I'm also trained in, I've got a master's in nutritional medicine and uh, so science behind it. Uh, but Ayurveda, which is the ancient science of uh, India, has what uh, it's taught me is that it all begins with the, the digestive fire in the body, which in modern science, modern words, we call it the microbiome. Something happens that uh, when um, the body is goes through an imbalance, either through an infection such as COVID, that creates internal imbalance in the microbiome. On top of that, unfortunately, many patients get, um, because it's not clear what's happening to them, they end up having antibiotics which actually I think can create many long-term difficulties. Uh, and then they have to be rebalanced in their internal microbiome. Funny enough, I had that when I, uh, I gave birth to my daughter with cesarean. They gave me antibiotics because my waters broke and uh, she wasn't coming out. Uh, they gave me antibiotics and... After that, I became very unwell, just feeling tired, sinusy, and it was because during this hormonal havoc, I had these antibiotics, and then uh, my microbiome changed. That it's only through Ayurveda that it went back to normal, um, and I have the fear that there are many people out there who have no idea that their microbiome has been um, damaged, which is why many different diets help. Like Hannah, you had a specific kind of diet, which took out, I suppose, certain dietary components that made people, made you well. Anyway, I'm, I'm talking too much. I'm ca being carried over. <laughs> Sorry. But there's a potential, I think, for people to, through diet, my teacher said that you can't get someone to get up and go do exercise when they're feeling very unwell. And you can't tell your mind to stop being afraid and anxious. You can't. You can't do that. You have to start with the body, straighten the body, put it more in balance, and then the person will be less scared, less worried, and then that will feed into a good um, cycle where they do the right thing for themselves. Their microbiome is all right, then the head is better, then they can exercise a bit more, then they can sleep a bit better. So emotional, I'm looking at your five things. Visual, I suppose visual is a type of food for the for the self, looking at good things. 
Right. Yes. The aesthetical part of the food also. Mm. It really chimes with me everything you're saying. And I mean, Eleni, you know, kind of the journey of I've been going through, but all of those things, how important and also just how they link together and how most support that's readily available is directed at a symptom or oh, you're anxious, have antidepressants, you're, you know, you've got something on your chest, take these antibiotics, which can in fact make the situation a lot worse, like you say. And it's all those different aspects. So yes, getting the exercise going, but what type and how and breathing you know some breathing exercises I think can cause more damage that they're recommending and how actually to develop natural breathing um, and I've got some experience of that which has really helped me the last few months um, and and then the emotional side as well and the kind of inner side and just being in touch with nature going outside and being outside what a difference that can make to something where your whole system has been knocked off balance and how that can be made possible for people um, and then the whole context as well, I'm interested in with this particular disease, long COVID, of how the symptoms you know, are exacerbated by the situation we're in. You can't cuddle people or go and do your normal activities, um, breathe very well, you have to wear a mask. There's that anxiety everywhere on the news. And what that does really to people's systems and that can't be ignored as kind of a dimension when you're trying to help people with it. But overall, I think, you know, I'm just so for anything which could offer um, people because it's, it's a horrid thing and just something that doesn't prescribe necessarily, but gives them some practical options of things to try, which are gentle and holistic and that they can be confident it's not going to do them more harm and, you know, making that accessible for them. I mean, I'd love to hear your 10 step program, Ava, if you could share it. I don't know. Absolutely, I can go through it. Uh, the first step, we call it the body trip, to get to know your body, to be conscious, aware of your body. This is the first step. Without your body in mind, you can't change anything because you need to target your body. So the first drawing is about also uh, drawing your body. The second step, it's the meaning with a uh, conscious levels so the five conscious level uh, as i mentioned before it's to by moving by movement you move through the five different um, conscious levels the first one is the the, mo the motor level the second is the emotional level the third one is the visual level the fourth one is the sensations in the body the sensational body uh, level and the fifth one is the verbal or cognitive level and that was step number two step number three is about moving through your movement qualities so it's uh, to find out where you would like to be with your body open or closed or the differentiation in those polarities light heavy quick or slow or you are moving in different directions, or you are moving straight forward. So what we do, we guide the patients to actually move in those uh, four different uh, polarities, movement qualities. The fourth step is chancellor uh, differentiation. It means emotional differentiation. So we, we move through uh, the ongoing emotions. So we use the, the body to move through the fatigue, the alertness, uh, curiosity, the anxiety, the different emotions that is ongoing, we guide them through this. And I think this image that this patient started to write, draw, the brown one, and then we see how, how you can try to also uh, see new things after you just figure out about emotional regulation the emotions are of course quite hard for a person with alexithymic personality trait that means that you have hard to feel what you feel in your body and the fifth step is about your positive self values so you draw down your positive self values and you also move with movements with guided movements 
on those positive in. It can be quite hard, I can tell you, to find positive self-values, especially when you have a fatigue and you have a chronic pain. But there are a lot of values there uh, that you could find by asking questions to your body. The sixth step is about the inner organs. So the patient draw her or his understanding of what where the lungs are, stomach, etc. And then after we move with connection to the different organs. So this is what we call the organ uh, trip. This is uh, also uh, quite fascinating to see that people are not that aware where the lungs are, where the stomach are, etc. So this is also sort of a reconnecting with your uh, embodied knowledge. The seventh step is about different strong life events. So we move through a couple of strong life events. Oftenly there are negative life events that the patient said, and this also, also is quite remarkable how, how a life event can provoke a specific drawing you see with the weight there on the body and the next after this step you see the the other self figure uh, drawing here it's the same this is the same patient and the same day but we have with movement affected different negative life events from that person's just life. to say for anyone who's listening but can't see that but they're so harrowing these images were well, incredible really the first one someone completely coloured in black and looks very dark and heavy. And and the second one there is you know, and a massive weight on their back. And the second one, they're standing up. There's some things flowing through them. They can see if they have eyes. Um, you can tell such a lot by them. And, and we, we also did scan all the self-figure drawings. We have thousands of self-figure drawings because we wanted to do some statistics. So what we did... We evaluate, we counted the different body parts pre and post the program. And what we saw, that we saw that the, the participants that have been engaged in the moving part, they increased their amount of body parts and also the amount of colors. This was standardized. So you have an, the same amount of minutes and the same amount of different pen so we, we could standardize as much as possible. And what we saw was the people that didn't move their bodies, that, could, that really need to sit down, they didn't change their uh, self-figure drawings in the same way as, as, as the movement. So this moving and connection with the body was very, very central. And then we have the future, uh, the step of the future. I don't really know how to say translate this future trip that how, how you would like to uh, move towards your future self and and then we have the relaxation and breathing part the breathing movement is engaged is, is involved in all the 10 steps and the last thing was that we put all the selfie drawings together and the patient uh, reconnect to each of the drawings and move uh, so you can imagine that you have the patient here in the circle the middle of the circle and you with you meet with your self-figure drawing and you move you dance to your self-figure drawing to re-establish the contact again and uh, it's it's like a sum, summing up the whole uh, model actually and also as, as I <clears throat> the, the, the most amazing thing for me was how many words they can share by using their self-image and to uh, verbalize it. And without the image, there was a lot of emptiness and, and silence. So it was uh, one part to start to verbalize also those uh, different ongoing uh, processes. But we haven't worked at all with nutrition in this 10-step program. So this is something that, and we have been doing it outside and indoors also. And we have reflected on the meaningfulness of doing this outside in nature. So uh, I will also say that. So yeah, this was a very shorty, but I think the meaning here with the, the move, it would be interesting to hear you, Hanna, 
how you react when you hear about the meaning to the movement here, how you can interpret that. Probably. Yeah, and I think that's why we like I, I got goosebumps when we when you were explaining it for the first time, and especially when you showed the last image. So kind of in the beginning, you're kind of the prisoner of your body, and it's all black and just like one kind of block. And um, I, I can really relate to that, and you kind of feel that your body has failed you, and uh, that's like. Um, Yeah, you feel that there is. You would like to go away. You would like to get away from that situation, but you can't. So you really feel that you are trapped in the situation and in that body, which is really not working. And uh, then also, since you've been still for so long, uh, even a small effort is a big effort for the body you have at the moment. So I think also what was fascinating in this this program is that. You have to kind of get to know to the body what you have right now. So you can't expect that your body is the same as it was a year ago because you have gone through something which has really changed the body. So, and then I noticed that also, for example, when you were describing the emotions, I noticed that when I was really ill, I kind of spontaneously started to do this kind of exercises. Okay, where in my body do I feel the anxiety? Where, where, okay, now I'm afraid. Where in my body do I feel the fear? But maybe coming from the dance background, also Julia coming uh, with a movement background. So I think for us, it's kind of natural to explore that that aspect when we are not well. But I think there are a lot of people who who wouldn't know or who for whom it wouldn't come spontaneously. So then I think they would stay very static and they wouldn't understand actually this movement and kind of Yeah, because then you start to be afraid of your body. So then, kind of how to approach this new body with curiosity and like how to little by little start to understand more. Um, so then, I, I yeah, I really think that that's especially for the people who don't have this kind of moment background. It it would be very fundamental element in the recovery to start understanding your body again and trusting to your body again. I just add to that, Hannah, because it's the same, really. So many things that Ava said, I thought, yes, 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 that's exactly what it's like. And how, you know, a lot, there's a lot of overlaps with Alexander's technique in terms of mapping where things are and, you know, having some certain poise or quality of movement. Just doing, I did the eight brocades Qigong every day um, for the last few months and just having that gentle movement and connection you know, made a massive difference compared to the months where I couldn't really get out of bed. Um, it's, it's fascinating, really. I, I'm just excited. I think we can do something here. Eleni, what do you say? Well, well uh, I find it fascinating. And also, you know how Martin nowadays, everyone is promoting intense exercises, marathons, these kind of activities, which... I think in many instances can be detrimental to the body and uh, I think it might be time that we promote some kind of a more natural movement, natural exercise, which is something that Hippocrates has said that there are natural and unnatural exercises and we can understand more what natural is. Um, if we start talking about it, even thinking is a natural exercise, reciting a poem, drawing is a natural exercise, um, all these things that are underappreciated, that move something inside us, some kind of vibration, some energy movement. So uh, it's interesting to try and find out what kind of movements would be the right ones to to help shift something like when there is a imbalance and a blockage. Um, I just want to say, I mean, Eva, my goodness me, I mean, you are like my Christmas come all in one go. I mean, it, it's just so exciting. I've worked with uh, fibromyalgia patients for over 15 years now, and uh, I have a real interest. And 
If you guys will let me share my screen, um, what I'm going to do is I'll send you this presentation I did, which resonates with everything that you guys have said. Um, let me just, uh, let me, so I don't know whether I can't share my screen. I don't know whether you have to enable me to, but uh, I, I should put you as the host. Let me see if I can. Uh, oh, power. <laughs> what am I going to do with all this power? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can give you the power because I... <laughs> Ah, uh, does someone remember where to? Oh, oh yeah, I think yes, yeah. Go to participants. Yeah, exactly. Make a co-host. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what I'm going to do, guys, is just share, uh, show you my screen. Um. First of all, can you? Uh, let me just get this up. Can okay. you see that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is a presentation I only did just a few weeks ago uh, to the public with one of my colleagues, um, Kiki, who is a holistic pharmacist. And um, I'm just going to quickly go through it, but uh, just to give you the main pointers, but this is obviously what integrative medicine is, and it, it encompasses everything that you guys do, you know, and, 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 and it's beautiful because it just shows the whole picture. It's got all of these things, the Alexander Technique, it's got uh, TCM, Ayurveda, everything in this, it's beautiful. Um, but what we did was we obviously were talking to the lay public, so we had to make it sort of easier to understand, and we only had an hour to do this presentation. So obviously I, I spoke at little bit about fibromyalgia, um, the fact it's quite a complex condition, the tiredness, the lack of fatigue, the you know energy and all this. And, and obviously this is debated, but this is one way that can help diagnose fibromyalgia, but it's not universal. Um, we talked about the other kind of symptoms, and I think people could really resonate with it because it shows it pretty much like long COVID. It's very non-specific. And this is why I think there's such a link over, um, for me, certainly as a fibromyalgia doctor, I, I think I would find it very difficult to distinguish between long COVID and fibromyalgia, other than, of course, with um, long COVID, you are getting that cough, that chronic breathlessness, which maybe is not so um, so sort of uh, prevalent in the fibromyalgia kind of patient. And, you know, I've, I love art, so I put pictures of how confusing it is, you know, and, and the fact that I talk about like the burger alarm, um, you know, your pain receptors being set off and how there are no lab tests. And I think the problem is our, our patients are very, we've almost bred this uh, group of, uh, you know, we've bred a society now that expects uh, um, blood tests, expects investigations and expects medication, you know, and they'll say, well, what, what test are you going to do next, doctor, to diagnose me and stuff? And um, uh, obviously, a lot of the causes and, and, and about how their brainwave um, studies have shown loss of deep sleep, which is one of the big things in people with fibromyalgia and sleep disturbance. But obviously, we talked a lot about some of the uh, how, you know, how it's very complex and you can't just have simple um, medications and stuff and actually non-pharmacological ways are the way to treat it which I think is so important um, obviously these are the things that the, uh, the doctors can only use at the moment what's available to them but we talked about like the happy hormones and stuff and it's interesting what Eleni said about the gut microbiome because obviously as an integrated doctor we focus on the gut health and the importance of the gut health and and some of the research that has gone into this area um, um, about sort of microbe, you know, um, sort of diversity in your diet and, and and things like this, and what things to avoid because there's a lot of research now into the fructose intolerance hypothesis and uh, um, how uh, fruct, uh, you know, our foods rich with fructose actually can aggravate the situation, which are, which is fascinating. And some of these supplements are, have been quite helpful. I've been using them on my patients, and a lot of them have found them to be useful you know which is and obviously this is kiki who talked about the holistic sort of side but interestingly we also put about the mind body technique which is so important the exercise um the um sort of gently uh, increasing heart rate and breath but uh you know um doing the specialist physios with their specialist plans and then of course um strengthening exercises um, muscle strength with some aerobic. I mean, that's what they were talking about. Also the yoga, you know, I'm a yoga teacher, so I'm very passionate about yoga and, and, and using that as a means of helping people. But I think it's that balance of having exercises, which are like yin yoga, which are more restorative and stuff, which can be really, really helpful and relaxation aids it's like everything you guys were talking about the talking therapies um, um books courses deep breathing techniques mindfulness meditation 
Um, so some of the useful resources that we use um, in my clinic, but and obviously we talked about the fibromyalgia um, thing. So, I mean, I really went through it fast with you guys. I'll stop sharing my screen now. But um, what I just wanted to do is to really just show you that, you know, what you have said, you know, all of you have said really resonates with me. And and I, I got very excited, but I tried to keep it calm. <laughs> so, yeah. So thank you, guys. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing, Sumi. And uh, as you say, uh, the, the, the most challenging thing here is to uh, explain the complexity in a very easily, in an easy way. So people really get um, to, to, to find the inner, the intrinsic motivation and not the the motivation from outside, which we also did studies on actually on musicians when we pushed the musicians to be, you know, better professional musicians, they start to deliver because we push them from their uh, amateurship. We need to also make the patients a little bit more amateurish in the way of treating themselves. Otherwise, we, we block the intrinsic motivation. So therefore, we, we handled this program. We did 10 steps. So it's easy to understand. You do it every day and you, you really understand that it's meaningful also with uh, borders and uh, not be uh, overwhelmed by all of this uh, in, in the complexity that you just shown us. But I totally, totally agree with you that we have so many uh, things in common with the fibromyalgia uh syndrome here with the long-term covid so this is an eye-opening eye-opener for many uh, in the research field today so this is what we also would like to do to do research on this to see so we have elaborated with pilots but uh, we discussed also me and hannah to do a sort of a video recording in in january and the 10-step program and add things uh, that you find is very important to add to this program and there we see the nutrition part of course because this part is not into this i have a doctoral student uh, who is an ayurveda therapist and uh, it's uh, a lot of studies going on also to see when you do ayurveda instead of uh, treating with antidepressant for depressive patients so she will just present a thesis in two months related to Ayurvedic medicine. So I am a truly believer in that, I can tell. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things to say here, but back to you, Hannah. Well, basically this was why, why I wanted to invite you all together because I, I thought that this might happen, <laughs> that we, we, we really, I felt that we are talking about the same topics and well, from a little bit different, different point of view. So I, I thought it was, it was fascinating. Um, I was just wondering, because Eva has this kind of, kind of kind of very clear 10-step program. So I think that would be quite easy to kind of to do study on and also to implement later on. I don't know, could we get this kind of like Ayurvedic approach and nutrition approach somehow to progress like stepwise or could it could it could it get this like clear form? I know it's always a matter of the, the individual you're working with. Um, um, yes, uh, yes, we we can try. I was very interested in what you said, Eva. So, what did you say? So, if if to answer to Hannes, I have to understand that when you have a professional musician and you want them to get better, what did you say? What? Yes, yeah, because we have. Uh, I can send you the study. We have checked the extrinsic the uh, comparison between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation yeah. so what we found that when we push our musicians to do better and better they uh, turn off their intrinsic motivation which do a lot of harm for them yeah. when we instead uh, say that please be a little bit more amateurish i don't know how you say that in english but yeah. Play more like for fun and from yourself. Don't push you too hard. We can see better results and they feel also more comfortable with themselves. So here we have this. Uh, well, it's the meaning 
mindfulness with intrinsic motivation. It, it, it's also related to this 10-step program. You need to find out how to motivate a person who has been lying down for many months. My, my husband has been lying down for six months. And how can I motivate him to find his own trigger to be able to do a walk outside, for example? So, so yeah, so this is... But I can send you that study uh, so you can... Yeah. So going back to what Hanna said, thank you, that's interesting. Whether in Ayurveda there's a 10-step, we'll have to think of that, Sumi. I think there will be. Um, The first step would be to try and figure out what kind of type you are because not everyone needs the same things. And the, the... It's a good challenge you're putting for us to think uh, for the next um, few weeks. So, and you could be doing this step every day, really, and it could be different every day, depending what the... Hmm, yeah, interesting. I guess you could put a lot of the sort of uh, self-care that they have established in Ayurveda, like the... uh, to optimize the body's well-being by doing your neti potty and neti potting and your eye wash and stuff like that and and as you said um, the, the daily rituals yeah yeah the daily because it's that creating that harmony in our rituals that then uh you know it's like even with the coronavirus uh pandemic i remember one of the big things that we've always tried to tell people is to create a stable routine because i think people have found it extremely difficult during this time especially when it first started because they didn't have any routine and then just to have our bodies love routine it does need that sort of they're almost like benchmarks throughout the day where you hang your things on. It's like what Julia was so beautifully saying, like how doing her, um, you know, her qigong and stuff really has made a big difference, you know, having that routine. And and again, with the exercise, uh, fascinating. I mean, um, if you are a more earthy person, you need to move more. But if you're a more sort of air and ethery person like I am, you need to do more calming activities. And I I never understood that until I studied Ayurveda and and I was in awe, you know, I mean, I'd be doing much more calming exercises and, and I feel much better for it, you know. Um, so I think what you said about this pressure that people feel they have to run marathons and they have to be really keep fit and all this kind of stuff. I think that is certainly damaging a large proportion of the population because, you know, and that's pressure that they put on themselves as well. And if they can't do it, they almost give up and they go the other way. You know, the motivation goes completely out the window. So just really interesting concepts to consider. I think the first step is uh, is has to do with our elimination. So I was um, at a meeting, a Ayurveda meeting on Wednesday. Um, we were talking about the shlokas, which are the ancient bo- the ancient writings in a book that everyone who studies the Ayurveda looks at and uh, the shloka was talking about the royal physician so uh, what does the royal physician do to keep the king healthy and the first thing the royal physician does is look at the potty of the king to see what kind of poo he or she has produced and according to the type of poo that they have produced he decides what food he's going to eat and what drink he's going to eat or drink and uh, on a daily basis. So, And I was also reading Hippocrates who talks about the dreams. What dreams did the person have last night? So in relation to how they slept and that defines their day. I've been having some crazy dreams <laughs> Oh, we will talk about it. <laughs> Were you flying? Oh, I've been doing everything. My dreams, very strange. I think that also linked to Ava's steps, you know, about looking backwards to life events and also forwards. And when you start sort of unraveling some of those layers, just what comes out and how to support people really in that. I mean, I'm aware we can't turn everyone into diverdic doctors, especially when they're not well. Um, but there's, you know, definitely something we can put together 
there. I'm just wondering what's the best next step. I'd love to meet again soon. Julia, it's interesting you mentioned here. Um, uh, well, I, I I get some associations to the uh, autonomic nervous system when it comes to negative life events because we have a hypothesis that we are working with now in Sweden that the patients with long-term COVID have <clears throat> very early in life triggered the uh, sympathetic nervous uh, part of the autonomic nervous system a lot when they were young. So there is a vulnerability in the autonomic nervous system. So therefore, I think the nutrition part is key to uh, to combine into this 10-step program but we need to discuss this a lot of course i think that's right definitely the my autonomic nervous system went off the rails um and i think it had always you know been on that sort of side but then with this illness whatever it's done it exactly um like you said burglar alarm mood sumi um and it, it's hard to get out of that when you're when you're stuck in it i think even just having some kind of cognitive understanding of that is helpful for people. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that as well. I remember that the nervous system was really like upside down. So basically when you just get up from the bed, your body thinks that you are running a marathon. So that's why your heart rate is like 180. So just the body doesn't understand what is real physical effort and what is not. And that's the same related to emotions. So if all suddenly, if, if you... Are, if you're afraid, then it's like, then the body reacts again, like way too much. Like it's very intense fear. Although maybe in that situation, maybe a milder worry would be kind of the real intensity or the needed intensity. But, but the body goes to this, like to the other extreme. But indeed, it's it's a good question. Like how, and I think that's how we, we should close this meeting. Like really, how, how can we advance? Because I think, we have lots to give, but it needs to get a form. So that how how can we how can we share our expertise? How can we put them together? And how can we share it in somehow like clear clear manner, which is also easy to approach for? Yeah. Could we read something that you've written, Eva? A publication or something more? Absolutely. I'm going into another meeting right now, but I will uh, later on this afternoon send you uh, publications that I think could target things that we have discussed. Yeah. The 10-step program is now in Swedish, so I will translate part of it and send it and share it with you. And maybe Hanna also have an idea uh, how we could continue now to add on the, the the important nutritional part into the program. But I will send you material and, and please forgive me if I send something that you don't you know. But but I, I, I do a sort of little uh, candy box for you with scientific publication and we'll see if it's if you can use it. And then you can uh, we can schedule a new meeting, Hannah, and you can Try yeah. to figure out when and how. And uh, I think we all are into reading every day about these things. So uh, if you if you see something related to uh, what we have been discussing, we can please why not why not share it? Uh, and we have the emails to each other, and we have okay. maybe also a Dropbox that we can build up. I don't know, Hannah. What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. It might be a good idea to compile into one place all, all the papers so then they don't get lost in the emails. So, so for example, Dropbox. Um, but yeah, I, I know, Eva, you have another meeting, so then... Right, so I'm going to a new meeting and it was lovely to meet with all of you. And thank you so much for sharing and, and, and inspiring me to, to uh, work with this uh, and to motivate me even, even more. So uh, let's keep in touch, Hanna, and you can uh, maybe share a Dropbox with us. We can put in the material there. But I will start to share via email so you get it today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be Glad we've done your intrinsic motivation a good job today. <laughs> well, I don't think you need it. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. It was beautiful, wonderful to meet with you all. And I will welcome you to Stockholm and to share this in real life when we open up for... Uh, be amazing. This amazing thank you yeah. thank you bye 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 bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.
Have you published something, Hannah, as well, that could be relevant to that we could read? Not really, because my research has been more specifically neuroscience of dance and music, but more focused on the professionals, like professional dancers and professional musicians. So I think it goes a little bit far from, from this, what I have written myself. But on the other hand, with the wise motion, with that method, um, so I feel like I have more practical experience, but I can see if, if I have some texts or, or, like what I've written in a non-academic context. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's fascinating. Uh, how, how did this up? Yeah. Yeah, makes me think in a different way, which is very helpful and more yeah. Yeah. how to structure it. We have to sleep on it and mm. think about it and then meet again in the beginning of the new year, perhaps. Mm. I love yeah. the concept of drawing. I, I think that's so powerful, isn't it? It's yeah. it sort of, you yeah. know, because a lot of people can't express themselves, but you ask them to draw and they'll start happily drawing away. So yeah. that that's really a really interesting idea. I might try that in my clinic and see what I come up with. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would be Yeah, yeah. And I think especially for some patients, not, maybe not with no, everyone, yeah, but, but I'm sure like for some. You know, some yeah. people are more, you know, artistic yeah, yeah. in their way of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like that when I studied art therapy. So there also we, of course, we went through the therapy ourselves. Yeah. And and it was really powerful that you stay with something. So you have something concrete to go back to. And then you really remember the process when you were making the art piece. And, and also you can really see the change. So. Yeah, definitely. And especially art with music as well. It's even more powerful, you know. Yeah create this art because we did quite a bit in our course and it was I love dancing and drawing and listening yeah. to music all in the same space yeah yeah what do you think Hannah well I'm thinking that now like because I'm thinking like okay what do we prepare before we meet next time so I think then it would be good that we would have something to work with meanwhile mm -hmm. so um maybe then we could Whatever could work, maybe she could, if she got some material from this like nutrition, Ayurveda point of view, she could think how to kind of make that to support her program. Because I asked her, now she didn't mention, but I asked her like, how long does this tense program last? Mm -hmm. And she said that it can be 10 days or 10 months. So it's very individual depending on the condition of the, of the. Does she do it in a group or uh, each person takes the book and does it individually? How does it? happen um that's actually i don't know because that her idea was now that we would shoot it on video so then we would have each step on video so basically i would be the patient and she would be the experimenter or the the, mm -hmm. the, the therapist um so i think in that context then if there are thirty thousand people already in sweden then they could watch it at home and do it but but i'm also from the therapeutic point of view i'm a little bit worried because these exercises they can like evoke really strong emotions and really strong memories and and all that. So I think there should be some kind of contact anyway with with someone. Otherwise, it can be dangerous. So then that's what I'm also thinking. Like how could we do with the nutrition? Like could could we like for example the diet I followed? Um, it was very. It started with a very strict elimination. So you just throw out like ninety percent of your regular diet. And I think that change might be too radical. So I don't know if there could be like kind of milder tuning into the Ayurvedic and, and like leaving out maybe slowly this kind of nutrition what enhances inflammation and replacing it with healing food and learning also learning to cook yourself so that so that everything doesn't change all suddenly, but there would be like kind of more gradual change. Um and then also, then like also gradually changing the. the and were you thinking, um, Hannah, these to be in a video format? Yeah, that's what also we would need to discuss. Like, what's the best way of delivering? If we imagine now, like I don't know how many long COVID patients there are in in the UK, but that must be a huge number. Yeah, they don't care. They get to count them, but. Yeah. Mm. So then also like even if we created this material for let's say clinicians um still it would we would need to be something they can follow maybe in video format and then they might they would be the link to the patient so then 
because they still there needs to be someone with the patient and we can't just like publish it online and then yeah. these patients go there alone so there needs to be that kind of link so we so should yeah. also do yeah. some workshops with Sorry? we should also do some workshops or a series of workshops with a group of yeah. long-term COVID as a, a kind of extra pilot but of yeah. how to combine these two approaches yeah. and yeah, and as Yule, you mentioned before that if there's a lot of information, then it's just get like more tiring and more confusing. So really like, trying to think like, okay, how can we deliver this in a very simple form? Mm. Um, especially in the beginning that the changes would be kind of easy to make. And then maybe over like do we like longer this program goes on more people start to have strength and then more changes they're able to do you could see yeah you could see a 10-week series almost yeah yeah, yeah. elements yeah. in each week yeah. And yeah. something to keep you going in between and like a kind of lifeline for people really yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's true so maybe also if we think about like more in a from the larger perspective, then it would be good to have some kind of time frame. So like if if this Eva's program from was from 10 days to 10 months, like that's too kind of vague to create something for a for a bigger, bigger group of people. And I think that's what was attractive about Eva's program because of the fact it was 10 steps. So it's almost like there's an end to this journey, you know, you're going up the journey. And I think it gives people a sense of hope and um you know, that yes, things will get better. We just have to do it step yeah. by step yeah. to try and run yeah. to the end, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and then also like thinking from a nutrition perspective. So, because I think this kind of like emotional understanding of your body, you can do somehow quickly if if you are tuned like that. Hmm. But then the nutrition and, and the microbiome changes, they take time. So hmm. I don't know what's your experience, like how yeah. how long time are we talking about like, like would one month do anything Julia has learned this <sighs> yeah I mean I'm in it really it's nine months on so yeah I think it can take a lot of time but a lot of the kind of understanding what could help and getting on to the right protocol and mm. getting to change your habits and things you know that's something you could be supported through over a couple of months mm. Mm. And also having maybe um, some resources for patients as well, if they're interested, like books and things like uh, yeah. like Tim Spector's written a really good book on the gut microbiome and and, and yeah. how. It, so, you know, in that way, you, you can then if people have got a lot of intrinsic motivation, yeah. you can replenish that by giving them yeah. resources, which they can then pursue through with the uh, workshop being more the sort of basic thing that you can build on if you wish yeah. to further outside sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would be great. It's almost like, yeah, the Harmony and Health long COVID toolbox with all these things in. Yeah. You could do the workshops or, um, you know, watch these videos or get this nutrition help. Or we should start writing some articles as well or we'll talk to the press. I really mm. think. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get Prince Charles to say something nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, he can yeah. <laughs> if he sees us being successful, he will. Mm. Okay. Amazing. Thanks, Anna. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited because then still, like, when you bring people together who don't know each other, so I was like, okay, how is this going to go? But even fantastic. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. It was so exciting. I thought, I cannot believe I'm getting excited about work, but I really am <laughs> excited. <laughs> you get excited about Christmas presents and food, but this was, like, really yeah, 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 yeah. Is that a meeting for next time? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can already see some options first mm -hmm. of january maybe monday what day did you say monday fourth of january january yeah i think could yeah, i could do that yeah mm -hmm. what time any time for me i don't know hannah yeah. So I could, for example, I could propose this time to Eva, but then say that any other time of yeah. doing during the day, January okay. 4th. Um, then maybe it would be good to put some, like, okay, meanwhile, we work with this, so maybe put a little bit. So would I put that, well, first of all, we would get 
to know each other's work better and and then have in mind this like how we could implement it with this like some kind of like stepwise program oh, we could um you know as little homework say if we had our own 10 steps what we think is important maybe we could all write our own 10 steps oh, that's cool because yeah, that's yeah. good because you're coming from julia from a perspective perspective of someone yeah. suffering with the symptoms yeah. um, um with eleni with her knowledge of i mean she's got much more advanced knowledge in ayurveda and everything and hippocrates and stuff and her sort of vision as a from a palliative care obviously mine from a family practitioner and yours from a neuroscientist i think that'd be quite interesting and then we can look at what our tests absolutely and 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 uh, you know what we think is important and how you know it, it's just it doesn't have to even be in order but just some brainstorm then you know it'll be quite interesting to see what we all come up with absolutely yeah that's a great idea isn't it yeah, yeah. very good right good so yeah so i write too well i keep all of you in the loop so then uh, i write to eva also and then we will meet in January 4th. Have a lovely Christmas, everybody. Yeah. And uh, really, I know it's difficult. It's a weird situation, but <laughs> try and enjoy yourselves. And, and, you know, and a very happy new year to you all. Happy and new year. And looking forward to continuing with this. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. Really. Yeah, Thank you guys for asking me to be part of it. I feel so humbled. You know, uh, you guys are amazing. So I really feel humbled. So thank okay. you. Also, Hannah, I, I want to um, get in touch with you about the Harmony in Living and Dying program I'm doing. Um, ah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll email you so yeah. he knows about it. And hopefully if I do it on a Monday, she'll be involved as well. Yeah. I'm just doing my Ayurveda full time at the moment, as well as working. And so oh. really busy. it's a bit okay. crazy. My friends think I'm mad. I think I'm mad as well. <laughs> so it's just... <laughs> we all agree on something yes <laughs> you're talking about really calming activities you need to do with your <laughs> i'm gonna go and read some poems julia okay <laughs> you guys have inspired me i'm gonna go and draw some pictures and read some poems <laughs> okay let's go hi everyone Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-